You're listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. Fellowship Baptist Church is located in Clark Lake, Michigan. Today's message is part of our Adult Sunday School series. Adult Sunday School is taught by a variety of different men in our church. Now let's prepare our hearts as our Sunday School teacher brings forth God's truths from His Word today. 1 John, we're, we're going to be in chapter 1 again today. <clears throat> just as we were a couple weeks ago. And uh, we started off in 1 John a couple weeks ago as we were talking about confidence through fellowship. This mini-series that we're going through is Confident Christian Living. And then we're in confidence through fellowship right now. And this is our second lesson in confidence through fellowship. So we are going to go ahead and we're going to read in 1 John. We're going to read the whole chapter. We only read the first four chapters last time, I think. We're going to go ahead and read the whole, whole first chapter today. Or did I say chapter of verses? We were the first four verses last time, not the first four chapters. You definitely would have remembered that. All right, we're going to read the whole first chapter this week. So 1 John chapter 1, only 10 verses, not too long. 1 John chapter 1, verse 1. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled of the word of life. For the life was manifested, and we have seen it, and bear witness, and show unto you the eternal life, which was with the Father, and which was, and which was manifested unto us. That which we have seen and heard, declare we unto you, that ye also may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father, and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And that's our key verse for this lesson. And these things write we unto you, that your joy may be full. This then is the message that we have heard of him, and declare unto you that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ his Son cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us." If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you again, Lord, for this morning that you have given us, Lord, this day. Lord, each Sunday that you give us to come into your house, Lord, and hear your word preached and to gather with your people. And we're talking about fellowship, Lord, and that's one of the huge blessings that we share is to be able to come to church and fellowship with other believers together, Lord, and to fellowship with you as we come here. So thank you for that great blessing that you give us, Lord, and that great benefit. I pray that as we go through this today that you would give to each person exactly what you want them to have, Lord. Well, a lot of things are going to be said today. A lot of scriptures are going to be shared, Lord. And not every need in this room is the same. So I pray that you would minister to each person exactly what you would have for them today. And we would thank you and give you all the honor and glory for that. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Okay, so... <clears throat> This month, as I said, we've been talking about the confidence that we can have. And so far, we've discussed the confidence that we can have through our faith and our fellowship with the Lord. You know, and when the, you know, we talked about with the, all the uncertainties that are in the world. There's so many uncertainties in life and in the world. We need to hold on to those things that we can have confidence in. And that faith and fellowship with the Lord are two foundational truths that we can have confidence in as believers. Praise the Lord. So far, we've covered that our confidence through our faith rests in our eternal security through salvation. Through salvation, we can be confident, as Paul said, that for me to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. 
A couple weeks ago, we started diving into the topic of confidence through fellowship. There were seven questions that I asked, and I wanted to answer all of those, and we are not going to answer all of those, but I wanted to answer all of those when I started a couple weeks ago, and those questions were, what is fellowship? Who are we to fellowship with? Who are we not to have fellowship with? How do we have fellowship with God? How do we have fellowship with other believers? Why do we need fellowship? And how does our fellowship with God and others give us confidence? So we got through the first three of those last time, and we're going to only be able to cover two more of those today. But I believe those are the ones the Lord has for us. First of all, one of them that is the most important is our fellowship with God is what we're going to cover today. And obviously that is most important is our fellowship with God. And then to bring this whole thing together, because this is my last Sunday to teach, we're going to talk about how, the, how our fellowship with God gives us confidence, because that's the whole point of our series here, is how we can have confidence through our fellowship. If you remember, the word fellowship in the New Testament is translated from the Greek word kanonia, meaning partnership, participation, communication, and communion. Those are the, the, those are the basic core principles of what fellowship means. Now, I'm not going to go back into all of those again today, but I just wanted to bring our attention to them because we're going to see ties through these as we go, out through the, go throughout this lesson, how everything ties back to these definitions. So today we're going to start off, how do we have fellowship with God? Being able to have fellowship with God is one of the greatest benefits that we have as believers. To think that a holy and perfect God would want to fellowship with someone like us who are clearly unholy and unperfect is just amazing and incredible. It shows the immense love that God has for us as his creation, the immense love that he has for us. Many, many of us people, many of us people in this world, we, we, we look up and we admire certain other people in this world. We call them our heroes, right? So a lot of us have different heroes or people that we admire, um, whether it's a political figure. I mean, it's hard to find those today, but some people do admire and look up to political figures, right? They, they, they hold them in high regard. So whether it's a political figure, it could be a sports star, a famous evangelist, a missionary, whatever it is, you know, if we, we would consider it a great opportunity and a chance of a lifetime to be able to spend maybe a day or two days with someone like this to be able to, to get a glimpse and just ask them and talk with them and get a glimpse into what made them so successful in their career or how they were so successful in their life. You know, but with that, with that in the back of our minds, I wonder how many of us would consider the opportunity that we have every day to fellowship with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Every single day. The one who created this world and everything in it. If you want to talk about success, everything God has ever done can be defined by the word success. He is the ultimate successful one. The privilege that God has given us cannot be understated. And he makes this privilege available to you and to me and all who seek his face. So fellowship stands for partnership, participation, communication, and communion. So what do we need to do in order to have fellowship with God? Well, first, we need to be saved. We have to be saved. 2 Corinthians 6, 14-15 says, For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness, and what communion hath light with darkness, and what concord hath Christ with Belial? We discussed these verses in our last lesson, and how these verses, how, how all these things end up end up on opposite ends of the spectrum, right? We have, we have righteousness and unrighteousness, light and darkness, Christ and the devil. So let's look at three verses which show how Christ defeated all of these on the cross. 1 John 1, 9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He took away that unrighteousness. Colossians 1, 13, Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness. He delivered us from that power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of of his 
dear son. Hebrews 2, 1, 4, Hebrews 2, 14 says, For so much then as the children are part... As the children are partakers of the flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had power of, over death, that is, the devil. All these things, unrighteousness, darkness, and the devil that were listed in that verse that we just talked about, all of these things are against God and against fellowship with God. But through Christ's blood-bought redemption, we were made righteous, the darkness was dispelled, and praise the Lord, the devil was defeated. Thank the Lord. We can now have full confidence and access to a relationship and fellowship with, the, with God and his son, Jesus Christ, because of his precious blood. Jesus' death reconciled us back to God, bringing back that relationship and that fellowship that he originally intended all of his creation to have with him. So first, we must be saved. Second, we must realize the holiness of God. We must realize the holiness of God. In order to fellowship with God, we must understand that God is holy. Holy in its basic definition means to be whole and complete. God is whole and complete in his perfection in every way. God could not be more perfect and he could not possibly be less perfect than he already is. He is complete in his whole perfection. He is wholly complete. Our text expounds even further on this point. Let's look at verse 5 in 1 John there, 1-5. It says, This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. So, so far in 1 John verses 1-4, through 4, John basically gives the introduction into the message that he is trying to get across. And, and this message is actually not his message at all. But if you see here, he says, the message which we have heard of him. This is the message of Jesus, right? This is Jesus' message. This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. It's worth noting here that the first thing John points out after talking about the fellowship that we can have with God in verse 4 is the fact that God is holy. You see, understanding that God is absolutely holy is essential in order for us to have fellowship with him. Because what does is, what is fellowship stand for? Partnership, participation, communication, and communion. In order for fellowship to take place, both parties must understand a few basic things about each other. Well, obviously God understands everything about us, but we must first understand that God's holiness is at the absolute core of what and who he is. And if you don't believe that, you cannot fellowship with him. There is no way to have fellowship with God without understanding and believing that he is perfectly holy. So we need to first understand that God is holy. Second, we need to understand that in order to have fellowship with him, we must be holy, which is the third point in our lesson today, which, we, which is we must be holy, right? God doesn't just tell us in the Bible about his own holiness, although the Bible has much to say about God's holiness, obviously, but he also shows us the essential importance of being holy ourselves and commands us to strive for that holiness in our lives. Holiness for the believer is righteous living. We have all heard the saying that we will never be sinless, but we should be sinning what? Less. 
We should be sinning less. We will never be completely sinless as long as we are on this earth because we have our flesh that we are battling every single day. And the devil tempts that flesh to get us to give in to that flesh. As we grow in our relationship and fellowship with God, we may not be sinless, but the fact remains that we should still be sinning less. Let's look back at our text, John 6 through 7. 1 John 6 through 7. If we say that we have fellowship with him and we walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. There's a couple things that I want us to notice in these verses. First, if we try to convince ourselves or others that we are in fellowship with God, but there is some unrepentant sin in our own lives, we are lying to ourselves. We are lying to ourselves, and we all do that. We're all tempted to do that, right? We try to convince ourselves that what we're doing actually isn't sin and that we can have fellowship with God in whatever sin that we're participating. And we, 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 we lie to ourselves in that. We can't say that we have fellowship with God and walk in darkness at the same time. The Bible says that they are contrary one to another. The second thing is, if we want to have fellowship with God, we must walk in the light. That's what the verse says. We could go into different definitions of what walking in the light is, such as being pure, righteous, undefiled, etc. But what it really comes down to, and you bring it all together, it means being holy. It means for us to be holy. To walk in that holiness, a holy lifestyle. If we do this, the Lord says we will be able to have fellowship one with another, us with him, him with us. And that, and that begins... And that brings us to our third point, excuse me, to our third point, the third, or the third thing that I want us to see in, this, in these verses, which is the last part of this verse says, Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. This again shows that we cannot have fellowship with God without the cleansing of sin out of our life. There are two types of cleansing which must take place in a believer's life. There's the initial cleansing at the moment of salvation, and that cleansing cleanses all of our sin away, and it also, it also frees us from the power and the penalty of our sin. Amen. Praise the Lord. So our eternity is secure at that point. But there's also another, not, there's also another cleansing that must take place repeatedly, and that's us going to the Lord and asking him to forgive us for those sins that we continue to commit even after salvation. Because obviously after salvation, we are not perfect at that moment. We will not be perfect until we get to heaven. So there's, there's two cleansings that the Bible talks about that we need to go through. The initial cleansing and then the cleansing that, we, that, that is a continual cleansing every time that we sin. We must understand that, we, that when we sin, whether it is an internal sin, an external sin, a secret sin, an open sin, a sin against our neighbor, whatever the sin is, it is ultimately a sin against God. It is ultimately a sin that we are sinning against God. He is the one who has called us out of this life of sin and called us to live a holy, set-apart, perfect life committed to him. God is the one who set the standard for truth and righteousness in his law. And when we as his children transgress against that law... And when we transgress against that law, we are transgressing against him. We are sinning against him. Whether, is it, whether we are sinning against another person or not, it is still ultimately against God. When it, comes, when it comes to somebody sinning against us or doing wrong towards us, we are not always quick to forgive, are we? We, we are not always to quick, quick to forgive somebody that sins against us, right? So somebody will sin against us and then, you know, 
even if they come to us and apologize, sometimes, depending on what that was, it still may take time for us to really, truly get over that in our own hearts and for that fellowship between us and that person to get restored. Well, that's not the way it is with the Lord. Amen? Praise the Lord. That is not the way it is with him. He is wanting, ready, willing, waiting always for us to come to him and ask forgiveness so he can accept us back because he is just like, I want that fellowship restored right now. And so no, God doesn't hold grudges. <laughs> he is always waiting for us to come back. <clears throat> in order to do this, we must allow God to continually cleanse the sin out of our lives in order to have this holiness. This is one of the lessons that Jesus was trying to teach his disciples in the upper room as he was washing their feet. Jesus was symbolizing that even after Christ completely and totally washes every part of us at the moment of salvation, we still continue to walk through this life and get our feet dirty. This sinful and wicked world which causes us to need that continual ongoing cleansing and washing of those parts of us that continue to get dirty, such as our feet. We walk through this world with our feet. Our feet walk through the dirtiness of this world and the wickedness of this world, and they get dirty with all those things. We've got to continual, continually cleanse that stuff out. So John, John 13, 8 through 10 is the, account, is, that, is the account there. And it says, Peter saith unto him, Thou shalt never wash my feet, Jesus. Oh, thou shalt never wash my feet. Excuse me. And then Jesus answered him, If I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. Jesus was saying, Listen, if I don't wash your feet, there's no fellowship. You know, I, I've, got to, I've, got, I've got to cleanse this sin out of your life. There's no fellowship if I don't wash your feet. Simon Peter saith unto him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus saith unto him, He that is washed needeth not save to wash his feet, but is clean every whit. Jesus was saying, if your whole body has already been cleaned, you don't need to be cleaned all over again, just your feet. Just your feet, just that dirt that you, you've, you've accumulated on your feet through, 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 that, through those sins of walking through this world and getting those dirty. So Jesus is washing the disciples' feet here, and I want us to notice the correlation between the, our, our two pa the, these two passages, our text today and this passage. Notice with me, if you will, the correlation between the, 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 the phrase walking. The common theme that we see between these two passages of Scripture and many other passages of Scripture is the theme of walking, which we do with our feet. Jesus washed the disciples' feet that they used to walk through this world with. In our text, it tells us that if we walk in darkness, we do not have fellowship with God. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we, that fellowship, we have fellowship one with another. And this verse finishes off with saying, "...it's the blood of Jesus Christ his Son which cleanses us from all sin." Christ's blood cleanses us once and for all at the moment of salvation, which secures our eternity. But we still need that continual, ongoing cleansing of ourselves before the Lord to maintain that holiness, to really, truly maintain that fellowship with him. This whole idea of walking also carries the idea of moving forward, right? You're moving. You're not standing, you're not standing still. You're moving forward. We should always be moving forward in our relationship and fellowship with Christ, growing in the grace and knowledge of the Lord. Always moving forward. If we are not moving forward, then we are standing still. And if we are standing still in our relationship and fellowship with the Lord, that is not where God, that is a stagnant Christian life, and that is not where God has us to be. And that fellowship will be hurt because of that. 
Ephesians 4.15 says, But speaking the truth in love, that we may grow up unto him in all things. This whole idea of walking forward, of growing in the Lord, right? That we may grow up in unto him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. 2 Peter 3.18, But grow in grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. We are to be growing and moving forward in our relationship and fellowship with the Lord. Now let's look at fellowship through obedience. Fellowship through obedience. I also want us to notice what the Bible says about, about these things. We're not going to go very, we're not going to talk a lot about this, but this is very important, so I want to look at this. And we're just going to uh, look at one verse here. So um, it is John, because of time, I'm not going to have you turn there, but it's John 14, 23. It says, Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words. And my Father will love him and will come unto him, and we will make our abode with him. Christ promises that if we keep his words by obeying what he has commanded us to do, that he will abide with us. He will abide with us. It is through this abiding presence of the Lord by which we can have that sweet fellowship with Christ. Everything that we've talked about so far contribute to the partnership, the participation, the communication, and the communion that is necessary in order for us to have this fellowship with the Lord. There are two more things that I want to briefly talk about which are an absolute must in order for us to have this fellowship with the Lord. These two things are talking to the Lord in prayer and allowing him to talk to us through his word. Both of these heavily involve the definitions of fellowship, which are participation and communication. Without participation and communi the communication aspects of fellowship, fellowship is not possible. There will be no partnership, which is another definition, and there will be no communion, which is another definition. We have to participate in that communication with the Lord. We talk to God and fellowship with him in our spirit through prayer, and God talks to us and fellowships with us through his word. That is the path that, is the path that he has chose to communicate with us. You can do everything else that we have talked about today, but if you are not spending that time talking to God and allowing God to speak to you through his word, there will be no fellowship. There will be no way to have that fellowship with the Lord. These are the two avenues God has chosen for us. Participate in communication together. These are the two things that God has chose for us to participate in and uh, by which we can have this partnership and this communion with him. The more that we become like Christ, the more we will have in common with Christ. And the more that we have in common with Christ, the better our partnership, participation, communication, and communion will be with him. I, be I believe the points that we have covered so far, these ones that we have covered, are the lifeblood of having fellowship with the Lord. So we talked about our salvation, 
our holiness, our obedience, and the avenue of communication through prayer and his word. These are the ones that I believe scripture shows us are absolutely essential. These are a must in order for us to have fellowship with the Lord. Now, there are more aspects of fellowship with God, which we don't have time to get into today, but the Bible also talks about other things by which our fellowship can be strengthened. And one of those things that the Bible talks about is that it tells us that our, fe our fellowship can be strengthened through our service to the Lord through our service to others and our service to the Lord. When we set our hearts and minds on serving the Lord, one of the supernatural things that he does for us is he deepens that fellowship between us and him. And a great, a great passage of scripture for looking at service is the same one where Jesus washed the disciples' feet, right? He wrapped that all up together by saying, Sir, I have served you, serve one another. And, and, and the fellowship, that the deep fellowship that God gives us through that heart of, of, of being a servant to others is just a supernatural, incredible thing that he does for us. But we don't have time to get into all of that today. Now we're going to get into our confidence that we can have through fellowship. That confidence that we can have through fellowship. In this whole mini-series, I guess you could say, that we've been going through, the main theme has been this confidence that we can have in the Lord while living in this world filled with its unending uncertainties. And they are unending. I want to finish up today with looking at this list of things that we can have confidence in through our fellowship. This, this, this list of things is by no means an exhaustive list. So this is just, this is, this is the list that God gave me in the time that I had to, to put this lesson together. So if we all sat down with a pen and paper, we could probably write a few more things down on this list. But this is just the list that God gave me. And it's not a short list, but it is a, it is a list. And I, we, we, could, we could continue to add to this. It is through our fellowship with the Lord that we allow these promises that we're going to go over to penetrate our hearts and lives and make the greatest impact on us as possible. Through our fellowship with God, his spirit will bear witness with our spirit, cementing and enhancing our confidence in this list of truths from his word. And that is the word I'm going to use to describe all these. It is the word enhancing. Our fellowship with God enhances all of our confidence in all of these different truths of Scripture. So, first, our fellowship enhances our confidence in our eternal security. John 10, 28 through, 20, through 29 says, And give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them to me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. When we are out of fellowship with God, and I talked about this a couple weeks ago when I struggled with my salvation, and I know this from personal experience, when we are out of fellowship with God, what that does is it leaves, a, it leaves an opening for Satan to come in and fill our mind with all kinds of lies and doubt about our salvation and try to convince us that we're not actually saved. But when we are in fellowship with God, that fellowship with the Lord acts as a securing anchor to give us confidence in our foundation. It's an, it's an awesome thing. So our fellowship enhances our confidence in our eternal security. Our fellowship enhances our confidence in the goodness of God. Psalms 145.9 says, The Lord is good to all, and his tender mercies are above all his works. 
First Chronicles 16.34, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercies endureth forever. Through our fellowship with the Lord, our eyes will be much more open to the immense goodness of God that is all around us. God is so good. And if we just stop and look, we will realize how good the good, how incredibly good God is. And as you fellowship with the Lord, he will open up your eyes to all those things that he has been so good to you in. You know, when you're away from God, you always have the tendency to be like, wow, I can't believe my life is so miserable. I mean, look at all the bad luck God has dealt me. You know, this has happened and this has happened and this has happened. Well, a lot of those things are just a result of your own sin and your own poor choices. And then we tend to blame God for that. When we're in fellowship with God, God really shows us all the good and incredible things that he has done for us. So the goodness of God, our fellowship enhances our confidence in the trust we can have in God. Numbers 23, 19 says, God is not a man that he should lie. Neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said, and shall he not do it? Or hath he spoken, and shall he not make it good? <laughs> I, I, love, I love this verse. It's just like, you know, I mean, God is perfect. This verse is, this verse is pointing out the fact that, you know, God is perfect. We break our promises, but God doesn't. You know, we go against our word, but God doesn't. We don't come through when we say we're going to come through, but God always comes through. We may change our mind, and we may change, but God never changes. God never changes. So we can have that confidence in that trust that we place in God, and our fellowship enhances that confidence. Our fellowship enhances our confidence in answered prayers. And this is the confidence, I love the fact that this verse had confidence in it, and this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he heareth us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desire of him. This is perhaps one of the most vital passages of scripture on prayer in the whole Bible because it spells, for, spells out for the fact that we need to ask for things that are inside of the will of God. We need to ask for those things that are inside of the will of God. And we, when we are in fellowship with God, we will pray for more things that are inside of the will of God. We just will. When we are out of fellowship with God, we tend to pray for things that are outside of God's will for us. And then he doesn't answer those prayers because they're not inside of his will. You know, the whole purpose of prayer is for us to come to God, not to get whatever we want. It's not a free ticket. It's not a free pass that God gives to us to get whatever we want. No, the whole purpose of us going to God in prayer and asking for those things inside of his will is so we can align our will with what his will already is for us. God has already established his will since the the beginning. Since the foundation of this world, God's will for your life has been established. And when we go to him in prayer, it is for the purpose to align our will with what he already wants for us. Our fellowship enhances our confidence in the Lord to give us strength in the times we need it most. Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 through 30 says, Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, learn of me, for I am meek and lowly of heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. We talked a couple weeks ago how we're not supposed to be yoked up with this world, right? How we're not supposed to be yoked up with unbelievers. 
But in this verse, God says, there is somebody that you're supposed to be yoked up with, and that's me. That's what God says. You are to be yoked up with me. God says, I want to have fellowship with you. I want to partner with you as we plow through this life together. I want to participate in your life with you. I want to have that communion with you. I want to help you. I want to give you the confidence that you need to make it through anything and all things. It is through our fellowship with the Lord by which this yoking up with him can take place and have its greatest effect in our lives. Our fellowship also enhances our confidence to produce fruit in our lives. John 15, 5 says, I am the vine and ye are the branches. <clears throat> he that abideth in me and I in him, this, this abiding is a must in order for us to have this fellowship with the Lord. He that abideth in me and I am him, the same bringeth forth much fruit, for without me ye can do nothing. When we are in fellowship with God, we have that confidence that God wants to, can, and will use our lives to bring good, to, to produce that good fruit. You know, this is what we have been called to as Christians. We've been called to be fruit bearers. The world has no purpose. They live for themselves, right? And as they, they fulfill those lusts of their flesh, it brings them no fulfillment. You know what brings us fulfillment? Is producing that fruit for Christ. When we do those good works for Christ and we produce that fruit, we have that fulfillment that the world doesn't have. God gives that to us. And this is why he's called us to produce this fruit. And we have confidence that we can do that through our fellowship. Our fellowship enhances our confidence in the fact that God is always with us. Praise the Lord. Hebrews 13, 5 says, For he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Matthew 28, 20, Lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. When we are in fellowship with God, we will feel that presence of him being close and near to us, and it will give us the confidence and strength to make it through anything that he calls us to. We have that confidence through fellowship, that confidence that God is always with us. Our fellowship enhances our confidence in the peace that we have in God. John 14, 27 says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give it unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let it be afraid. When we are in fellowship with the Lord, the peace of God will fill our hearts and our minds, giving us that feeling of being complete in him. I believe that there are two holes in every person's life that need to be filled. One of those holes is the holes that can only be filled through our salvation and repenting of our sin where Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, comes and lives with inside of us. But I believe there's also another hole that we all need to be filled to feel complete and have that peace in our life. And that is the hole of our fellowship with our Savior. Many people take that first step but never go on to that second step. So they go through their whole Christian life still feeling empty because they've never had that true fellowship with the Lord. So, that peace that we can have in God. He wants to meet that. Our fellowship enhances our confidence in that. Our fellowship enhances our confidence in the joy that we can have in the Lord. And this truth is brought right from our text today. 1 John 1, 3 through 4 says, That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you, that ye also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And these things write we unto you that your joy may be full. 
the joy that we get through that, we will never feel as great a sense of joy as we will, as we will when we are in fellowship with the Lord. The joy that we have when we are in fellowship is undescribable, and it's something that you can't really describe, but you have to experience by being in fellowship with the Lord. There is something so special and unique about that, 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 that joy that he gives. Our fellowship enhances our confidence, enhances our confidence in our ability to fight fear. It enhances our confidence in our ability to fight fear. Isaiah 41.10 says, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee. I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. We know that it is a sin for us to allow fear to overcome us. And, you know, we've all been guilty of doing that in our lives, in some form or another, allowing fear to control us in some way or another. We've all done that. When we find ourselves in this position, we need to repent of that fear and go to God through the avenue of fellowship and prayer and allow him to fellowship with us through the truths of his word. And if we do this, we will begin to see those fears melt away out of our lives. It's an incredible thing that God does for us. We go to, give, go to him in prayer. We bring those before him. We get into his word, and the truth of his word just washes that fear away. It's an awesome thing. We need to bring that to the Lord. So our fellowship will enhance our ability to fight fear. Um, I, I'm just going to go through the. I'm going to go through the rest of these. I'm not going to expound on them because we're out of time. But I'm going to give you this lit, the rest of this list. And if you if you want a print off of these verses and this list, I can do that for you. Just let me know. I can print these off for you. But we were out of time today, so let's just go through the rest of these and let's read the rest of these off. Our fellowship enhances our confidence in our home prepared for us in heaven. It enhances our confidence that God will lead us to his will for our lives. It enhances our confidence in the forgiveness we have in Christ. It enhances our confidence in our ability to forgive others. It enhances our confidence that with God, nothing shall be impossible. Our fellowship with the Lord enhances the confidence that the Lord always knows what we need, even if we don't know what we need. And I'm going to just read that verse. Likewise, Romans 8, 26, Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Those things that we don't even know that we need, the Spirit will go before God on our behalf, and he will ask God for those things that we don't even know that we need in our own lives. My tablet went to a different spot on me here. Our fellowship enhances the confidence in the grace God gives to endure hard time. It enhances our confidence in the hope that we have in the Lord. It enhances our confidence in the Lord's desire to prosper us. It enhances our confidence in the ability to escape temptation. It enhances our confidence in the wisdom we have in the Lord. It enhances our confidence in the protection of the Lord. It enhances our confidence in the Lord's love for us. It enhances our confidence in our ability to conquer anything that God desires us to conquer. It enhances our confidence to give more freely to the Lord of ourselves and of our possessions and of our financial, our financial possessions 
every part of our life. It, it opens us up to give more freely to the Lord. Our fellowship enhances our confidence in God to meet all of our needs. And then this is our last one here, and I wrapped it up with this one, because this one is our, our fellowship enhances our confidence in the knowledge and understanding of God's word. I saved this one for last because I believe that all the other truths come together inside of this one. Proverbs 2, 3 through 6 says, Yea, if thou criest after knowledge, and lifted up thy voice for understanding. If thou seekest her as silver, and searchest for her as hid treasure, then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord, and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord giveth wisdom. Out of his mouth come knowledge and understanding. Everything that I have shared with you in today's lesson, everything that I have shared comes from the knowledge and understanding written in God's word. If you desire to have fellowship with God in the same way that he desires to have fellowship with you, then you, then you will experience firsthand all of the benefits of fellowshipping with the Lord. And this, is the, this list that we went through, our, our, our list of benefits that you will experience from that fellowship with the Lord. Our fellowship with the Lord enhances our confidence in all of these promises of Scripture. When we lose that fellowship with the Lord, we create an avenue by which Satan can come in and cause us to lose our confidence and doubt the promises of the Lord. The more of God's promises we doubt, the more our fellowship with him will be broken and the more defeated of a Christian life we will live and the more defeated Christians we will become. This is why it is essential to maintain our fellowship with the Lord. Through maintaining that fellowship with him, we will have this assurance and confidence that God desires all of us to have as believers. The confident Christian life is available to all who will place their faith and trust in Jesus Christ and seek to partner with him in this life of fellowship and communion as he desires all of his children to have with him. Let's pray. You have been listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. We hope this message was a blessing and encouragement to you. If you would like more messages, visit our website at fbcclarklake.org where all of our messages can be downloaded for free. Also, you can subscribe to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud. All of our messages are available for free. If you want to keep up to date on what's going on at Fellowship, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram where you can see what's happening happening at Fellowship Baptist Church. If you'd like to visit us, Fellowship Baptist Church is located at 3200 Reed Road, Clark Lake, Michigan. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope to see you back here again next time.